Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including, well, I, I guess kind of everything animation today, actually. Yes. I'm Justin Cummings, and today I'm joined by Michelle Anderer. Hello. Today, Michelle and I will be talking about the, uh, this is kind of a big topic, we're going to be talking about the history <laughs> yeah. of Cartoon Network short films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that's the best way to title this episode. Uh, you can find all of our episodes we've done on a variety of shows at OverlyAnimated.com or by searching Overly Animated on iTunes, your favorite podcatcher, or YouTube slash Overly Animated. So, Michelle, this is going to be kind of a weird episode for us. We don't Hooray! usually do history kind of episodes. Yeah. Um. But we're going to look basically at all of the times that Cartoon Network has done short film projects where they'll have a title banner and make a whole bunch of shorts under that. Some of them will get made into full shows, some won't. We're going to look at what shows got made, what these different projects were, and kind of how we got from the the first era of cartoon cartoons to today. Okay. That's so, a lot. <laughs> it, it is a lot. It is, it's a lot. And we're going to try to do this in a reasonable amount of time, which is going to okay. be really interesting. So back in the early days of Cartoon Network, uh, you, you probably know about this. What was Cartoon Network mostly when it started? <sighs> I feel so bad. I want, okay, spoilers, I guess, for young me. I watched a lot more 90s Nick than I did 90s Cartoon Network. But I, okay, let me guess. Can I guess what yes. their early stuff was? Kind of knowing about uh, what. I'm going to say, like, what would come to mind is Dexter's Laboratory. Pre Dexter's Laboratory, pre, pre? all, car- pre any oh, cartoon whoa. cartoons. Uh, when it started, they didn't have any original shows. They didn't have any original shows? When so they, they started, it was nothing but reruns. Reruns? Oh, so like, oh, so like Scooby-Doo and there like... There was all Hanna-Barbera, there was Jet- like Popeye, Jetson. there was... Oh, Popeye! Okay. Not Hanna-Barbera, but I think some of those were in public domain by then, so it was... I Because I want to say that Cartoon Network was started by Hanna-Barbera, if I remember correctly. Is that a? Th- should we check the? <laughs> I we check that? that of all the research I did, that is the one part I did not actually look up. But yeah, so basically, at the beginning, Cartoon Network was mostly just syndication of old car. It was a network of cartoons. Um, they're owned by Turner. Um, I know that they much. Are, they are. Well, now we're owned by AT and T, but still under the umbrella of Turner. It's all very complicated. So basically, ah, yes. So basically, uh, it started from Turner. At the time, Turner owned uh, the MGM Cartoon Library, all pre-1948 Looney Tunes and Mary Medleys, uh, the the Fleischer Studios, Popeye, and then they bought Hanna-Barbera in 91. And so they announced, they launched Cartoon Network in 1992 uh, because they had so much animation and they wanted a place to air it. So... Yes, uh, it used Hanna Barbera. It was not owned by Hanna Barbera. It was owned by uh, it was owned by Turner Net- Turner Broadcasting is the official. Yeah, Turner Broadcasting. Yeah. So it was started the as question. just a place to rerun old cartoons. 
That was my question. So Cartoon Network's origin story is that it was basically a syndication incubator for old old timey cartoons, but there were no original programming at all. At the beginning, uh, it was no original programming. No. Interesting. Okay. Do you know the fun fact? Do you know the very first originally created Cartoon Network character? Character, not character. show, just character. Well, uh, he had a show ish. Ish. He had one of those, like, uh, wraparound shows. Wraparound show? Where, like, he would intro the show and leave the show. Uh, I mean, it's probably not, like, Johnny Bravo, right? No. Have you ever heard I'm... of Moxie the dog? Moxie? Moxie? Does he look really... Does he look weird? Very weird. Moxie. I'm looking him up. Maybe M-O-X-Y. I M-O-X-Y. No! Wait! Maybe I do know him, but... Very ambiguously. Did he have a real show or is he just still like a, a host? He was like a net- host. Okay. Yeah, he, he brings back slight memories, but not nothing substantial. No. <laughs> Sorry, Moxie. Basically, well, actually, he popped up in the OKKO OK crossover last year. Oh, uh, he was one of the statues. They got they got them all, man. They were I was very so proud. Ridiculous. Yeah. But so basically, uh, he was, this was the first time they had their own original show. Mm, and it was basically wow. a wraparound of he was introduced old cartoons, and eventually they decided that this whole format would work really well of having like this animation anthology, like a designated curated time slot. And so mm-hmm. they decided to commission a whole bunch of newer creators to make original shorts, and the result was what a cartoon. And I know you've heard that name. I have definitely heard that name. So. What a cartoon made by Fred Seibert, basically, who'd go on to make Frederator Studios, which we've all heard of Frederator. Like, they've had their hands in just about everything at this point. Yeah. Um, the very first ever What a Cartoon short was Powerpuff Girls. Oh, really? And yes. this was, so this was this back when Craig McCracken wanted to call them the Whoop Girls or something like that. So this, that was actually <laughs> done as his student thesis. Ah, in college, okay. this was the first pilot. They were called the Powerpuff Girls in this pilot. Um, okay. They were never called that on television. They never had any... <laughs> it's uh... fair. So yeah, the very first short uh, to air on What a Cartoon was Powerpuff Girls. Uh, wasn't the first one to be turned into a full show, though. Uh, what a Cartoon ran for about 40 shorts. It was supposed to be like 80. It only ran about half of the length it was supposed to. And six full-length shows stemmed out of what a cartoon i'm gonna was let that you the get goal? what was that the goal i just want to know was that the goal of it they were like oh we'll give all these creative young minds a chance and we'll pick the top promising ones and turn them into our own original content or did it just kind of happen i think they definitely out of this anthology experiment organically it seems like they definitely wanted at least a couple good results out of it uh I think they were at first mm-hmm. happy of just, you know, we're going to air these shorts, get some original content out there, get people creating. But I think yeah. once they realized, because uh, I believe Johnny Bravo was the first one to actually get picked up for series. Oh, okay. Um, Powerpuff Girls aired first, but Johnny Bravo got, went to series first. Once that aired, they were like, ooh, this can work. <laughs> ooh, so yeah. six shows stem from what six. a cartoon. Okay, I can guess. Can you guess what they are? I've given so you pa- two. Powerpuff, Johnny Bravo, Dexter's Lab. That's three. 
Um, okay, old school. Courage, the cowardly Courage. dog. Uh, and interestingly enough, the original short of Courage was nominated for the Oscar for best short. <gasps> That's amazing. I haven't seen it. Uh, it must Chicken be from good, Outer though. Space. It's very good. <laughs> oh, is Cow and Chicken? Cow and is Chicken? that a Nick show? Cow okay. and Chicken's Cartoon Network, and that was from right. What a Cartoon. And the last one you're not going to get, I'll give you a hint, it's not a Cartoon Network show. Uh, is it a Nickelodeon show? It is not show? a Nickelodeon show. It is a is... Fox series. What? And it's still going. I... It's still going? It's still okay, going. give me another hint. What's, like, the genre? Comedy. Of... <laughs> no! <laughs> Does it count? Talking Dog. Talking Dog? Clifford? The show I'm referring know. to is Family Guy. No! Wait, that was that old? In, really? In 1995, or I can't remember what, I think it was 96 when it actually came out. It's very famous at this point. It is a short called Larry and Steve. It Steve. It, it was created by Seth MacFarlane, uh, creator of Family Guy, and it follows a, a very dumb old man who is the only person <laughs> who can understand this talking dog named, uh, not Brian, Steve. Steve. No. Yeah, Steve's the dog, Larry's the human. And the voices that Seth does, he does all the voices. The voices he does yeah. for Larry and Steve are the Peter and Brian voices to a T. Wow. The dog is sarcastic, he is cynical, he talks to the camera, the show breaks the fourth wall. It's very prototypical family guy. And whenever I show people this short, they're like, okay, it's made by Seth MacFarlane, he's doing kind of the same voices. Uh, the Brian voice especially is the same. Yeah. And they're like, but how do we really know that he was already thinking of Family Guy at this point? They go to a department store in this short called Stewie's. <laughs> wow. And that is when you know that this that this short led to the idea for Family Guy. It all kind of stemmed out of this. Uh, that's, that's wild. It's, it's great because the thing is, it's... A totally clean, fine cartoon for kids. And it led to Family Guy. It led to Family Guy. Cartoon could have had it and I don't know. <laughs> like, imagine what would have happened if a Larry and Steve show got made instead of Family Guy. Oh, man. It would be such a different world. That would have changed everything. It, Justin. It would have been different. It, the, I don't even want to think. Ima- what would Simpsons yeah, have crossed over with? Like, it. oh, it's... If we didn't have the Simpsons guy, what would we... I just, it's... Uh, so I do yeah. want to talk about a couple other shorts that okay. didn't go to series. Um, the first one is Fish and Chips. Fish spelled P-F-I-S-H. It's about... Fish um, chips. It's about a bomb defusal squad who's absolutely terrible Wait, at their job. What? A bomb defusal squad. A shark a, a and a shark. Scottish cat. Oh, actually, that sounds great. It's hilarious. And it was co-created, <laughs> okay. or it was directed, actually, directed and co-created by Butch Hartman. <gasps> oh, so this is pre-Fairly Odd Parents. This is pre-Fairly Odd Parents. This is about yeah. 1990, late 1995, early 1996. Oh, my God. You see, like, I in my brain, I feel like the show already existed then, but... Yep. Fairly wow. Odd Parents would begin as a short for Oh Yeah Cartoons, which Fred Seibert made after he stopped making What a Cartoon. Right, that's the Nickelodeon one, right? Yes. So basically, okay. he went to Nickelodeon, was like, hey, Butch, we work together over at Cartoon Network, come make a new short, and it got picked up for that series that time. Well, at first you don't succeed, clearly. Start trying again. Yeah. Um, it, very interestingly, all of the 
what a cartoon shorts were ba- or original properties except two that were both same same short they were the same uh characters but it was a spin-off of the mm-hmm. Flintstones a spin-off with who like they just tried to make a Dino <laughs> show the- that's the dog thing, right? Yes, the the purple dinosaur dog. That's a terrible dog. idea. Why would they do that? They can't have a whole. He can't have a whole show. Um, what was big in the nineties? We had Animals? cat dog running Stimpy. Oh, Animal oh, shows were everywhere in the nineties. Yeah, they had Clifford. the Beaver show. Oh, well, Clifford was kind of in, like he was like the family safe dog for every child. I think he was kind of a special case. Like some parents wouldn't. Let kids watch Ren and Stimpy, which is probably a good call. That probably show a good was call. A lot. <laughs> there were a lot of animal shows. Even I guess would Wild Thornberries count just because yes. there are so many animals in that show? Okay, no, there is a trend for sure. But no, I, I've I've seen the first Dino short. He's trying to get the little saber tooth cat kitten to stay outside. It's cute. It's it's definitely Hanna Barbera. It's that okay. very old school and i believe that one was actually done by barbara um because wow. they were still around joseph barbara was still around um which the next short i wanted to mention is wind up wolf which is the last short that william hanna ever made ah is it literally just like a toy wolf present from a child i have not gotten to watch it yet unfortunately it's a very hard to find secret secret old project some of them can be harder to track down than others, but the fact that, like, I I forget that the actual creators, Hannah and Barbara, were still around in the 90s. Like, mm-hmm. they were still making stuff. And, like, you watch, watch a Dino and then go watch Cursed Cowardly Dog. <laughs> and it's <laughs> two different yeah. eras. Oh, yeah? Ooh. Well, I mean... Because Dino, like, had they done the Dino spinoff in, like, the 70s or the 80s, it mm-hmm. would have probably lasted four seasons. But the 90s was just a different time. Different time? What would you characterize the 90s animation like? Mm. If if it were adjectives to describe it, what would be those adjectives? I hate to say extreme, spelled X-T-R-E-M-E, yes! but... That's so right! In some kind of really, like... California skater tried or to be edgy. Like that's what they yeah, wanted like, to do. They wanted to be edgy. Man or bra. Yeah. Bra. Totally. Yeah, I think that's definitely <laughs> so true. Like look at extreme. Look at like Dexter's even hat even Dexter's, which is definitely a more innocuous, clean kind of show, it still had its 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 raw humor. And I mean, yeah, that was around earlier on, but these shows of the nineties hit it a little less. Oh, totally. And and I just, I feel like Dino would have fit in a lot more if it had aired, like, right after Baby Muppets, or Muppet Babies, right before a pop named Scooby-Doo, you know what I mean? Yeah, were those 80s cartoons? That was late 80s into the okay. beginning of the 90s. Yeah, I guess they tie more to classic sensibilities mm-hmm. than the 90s in that way, that's true. Because, like, I think about, like, Rugrats. Rugrats just was definitely the dawn of a new era in terms of kids cartoons in a bizarrely memorable way it's and they're are they rebooting it i believe what they're doing something oh. with rugrats now they're making a the new wow. nickelodeon just got a new president um 
Look into it, everyone listening. He's got some big plans, basically. He's got some big plans. Well, he gave a whole speech about Where did this how happen? um this press like conference this year? was uh yeah, like I want to say November. <gasps> wow. Basically, okay. he gave a whole spiel about how you no, know, we can still get kids to watch Nickelodeon. Like, yeah, we have more competition now. We have YouTube, we have stuff like that, but if we give kids good content, they will watch. And so Nickelodeon has a lot of stuff coming up. Um, he wants to do SpongeBob spinoffs. <laughs> but aren't they canceling that? Like, I swear I heard this and I believed it, that they are finally canceling SpongeBob for realsies. They might be, but perfect time but they're to gonna do a spinoff be... then. <laughs> uh, uh, please let it be like... Oh my god, what's Plankton's wife's name? Is Karen. it Karen? Please do a Karen spinoff. I would watch that. Just Karen and the My Leg guy forever. Slightly off forever. topic, but another show they have already greenlit and will air this fall. They're rebooting Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader for Nickelodeon. Oh. Hosted by John Cena. Whoa. Yeah, so okay. Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon's got a new direction, huh. so Nickelodeon's gonna look oh, a little different in like a they're year. They're rebooting all that! That's the one decision that I'm yes. 110% behind. Like, I and, feel bad. And Kenan Thompson is producing. Nick. Oh man, oh I'm so excited. That was like one of my favorite shows as a kid. It was so funny. And speaking of shows that led to other shows, all that did have multiple spinoffs. Yeah, Amanda's show, Keenan and Co. Like, all that stuff was so good. Like, it was the birthplace of so many brilliant children's careers, for sure. The the next short we do want to talk about, this one's... It's not great, but it is memorable. <laughs> Strange Things is the only computer animated short they did. <gasps> oh, is it real sketchy 90s early animation? It's like, not 3D? the best. Oh, boy, it sounds great. What's the plot? I have no idea. I literally noted it for its technical <laughs> achievement alone. Oh, no. Okay, maybe uh, that's the all last, they're going for. The last one I wanted to mention from What a Cartoon is Malcolm and Melvin. There were two of them. Um, and these are weird because they're not that bad. Like, they're mm-hmm. average. They were made by Ralph Bakshi, who I adore. Um, He's not known for his kids' work, just like Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> except... Seth started with Larry and Steven, then made Family Guy. Ralph Bakshi has been around since, like, the 70s. Wow. And he made Fritz the Cat, the first ever X-rated animated Fritz film. I've heard a lot about... Wait, I might have seen Fritz the Cat. Is Does it take place in, like, either the 60s or the 70s? It's the be- Everyone thinks it's going to be, like, some really scandalous, dirty movie. No, it's just about it's a depressed not. college kid. Yeah, it's kind of political in a way. No, whenever, not like in a way, definitely political. Whenever people hear that it's X-rated, they're like, ooh, and I'm like, no, no, there no. This like is back when much. NC-17 yeah. didn't exist. X yeah. was NC-17. So, like, okay. it's adult, but it's not what you're thinking it is. It's yeah. it's very, it's, it's kind of a dry movie. <laughs> it's kind of a dry movie. Um, but yeah, so he made that kind of stuff, and then here he is making, um, he also made the the animated Hobbit film. Um. <gasps> that thing's amazing! And, and here he is, uh, one of his later works, and he actually disowned both of these. Oh no! He's like, no, I, I, I don't like them, I think they're awful, and I'm like, they're not that uh-huh. bad, Ralph, but... Everyone has a rough patch, don't worry, bro, it's not... <laughs> it's not your fault. 
after What a Cartoon stopped, uh, they eventually started a new program called the Cartoon Cartoon Show in about the year 2000. And we're going to get to that and the six shows that spun out of that. But first, side note, uh, the first ever Canadian show to air on Cartoon Network was in 1996, and it was called O Canada. It is called O Canada? That's the Have most you heard of it? thing. No! <laughs> I... O Canada oh my gosh. was a collection. No. <laughs> Show I can remember from No, <laughs> way before Total Drama, my friend. Oh, Canada. It was a collection of short films. Okay. Uh, it was like an anthology that would air. Uh, all the films were award winners in Canada. Okay. And were selected by the National Film Board of Canada. Wow. These are That's all so award-winning, like, independent animations. Like, brilliant, like, really Amazing. weird art styles. Yeah. It's, if you can track down any of it, or track, some of the shorts are readily available from the National Film Board of Canada, like, track this stuff down. It's, if you want to look at, like, award-winning, like, independent animation of the mid to late 90s, like, this is oh, the place man. to look. And, I want to. it aired Absolutely. Monday morning, so Sunday night, at 12.30 a.m. That's perfect for children. Yes. Yes. That's when we're watching cartoons. Well, this was not for children. It, like some of, I mean, it some now. of it was appropriate, but some of it was very. Inspire the children. It was, no, it was, it was, just, it was very, a lot of kids would probably find it dull. Oh, Like I watched one called Strings where I'm but... like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like it's, it, it ain't winning popular. It ain't winning the kids choice awards. Okay. But it's but weird I because, like, yeah. oh, you would love it. And I look I back at this. <laughs> to me, this is almost the forerunner of, like, Adult Swim. Oh, whoa. Okay. Them being, like, I mean, I'm probably okay. the first person to say, like, oh, Canada led to Adult Swim. Cause it, but the idea of let's put some really weird independent stuff late at night. Mm-hmm. Less restrictions on what we're allowed to air. Let's do yeah. something experimental. Like, look at the stuff that Adult Swim's aired over the years. Like, Too Many Cooks, other, like, the infomercial stuff. Oh, yeah. They do some weird stuff that you, they can get away with because it is so, in such a weird time slot where they're not competing for ratings. That's like, true. They're doing what, like, what are they competing against? Reruns of the Golden Girls. Like. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're fine. Like, and especially because I'm like, huh. A, co- a curated collection of shows from another country airing around midnight. Toonami? <laughs> I mean, Toonami, of course, started yeah. as an afternoon block, like, back in the 90s, Dragon Ball. But, like, look at the current Toonami. It's basically just the popular version of O Canada. Like, I, it's, it's just weird to me how things come full circle. Mm-hmm. And O Canada led to one show, uh, Barb and Margaret, Bob and Margaret, which aired on... Margaret, Margaret, not sure, aired on Margaret? Comedy Central. Probably Margaret. Aired on Comedy yeah. Central right around the year 2000. Okay. Was this live action or anim- animated? Okay. Uh, only, only show to spin out of that. Um, that's just my fun little aside. But after What a Cartoon, we had the Cartoon Cartoon Show. And this had six more shows. So again, is this the same idea? Like they they grabbed a bunch of young talented people and said, "Give us your short concepts, and we'll see if they have what it takes to make a full show." This time, they it was much more competitive. About one of you will get a show. Ooh. Oh, so it's this like, was the this was the you pick era. You remember this probably. 
Let's see. Maybe I do. Like, they would do, like, the Summer of U-Pick, where, like, they would air, um, a whole... Actually, U-Pick might be a specific term from Nick. I They blend together. They but do basically, together. they would air, like, eight shorts each summer, and oh, people wow. would vote, and one of them would get made into a full show. Some of the runners-ups also ended up as shows, but one was guaranteed a spot. <laughs> so they made That's a lot really less cool. of these. Yeah. How? So. Okay. You're not going to get some of these shows because they did not become as popular. Uh, Mike, Lou, and Og. What? <laughs> what is that? Explain. What is, what it's is a show that? about these three, like, islandy cave people named Mike, Lou, and Og. Og is that's, clearly the best from name that's alone. the best show. Um, yeah, it's the best show. <laughs> you might remember Sheep in the Big City. I heard about, yeah, I remember, like, I don't remember watching it, but I remember the title, Sheep in the Big City. Whatever Happened to Robot Jones. I, that sounds vaguely familiar also. I That was my jam as a kid. Really? That was my What's it jam. about? It's about this robot named Robot Jones who, it's very crudely animated. It's very, like, a lot of, you know, you can still see, like, the sketch line, stuff like that. Um, Kind of that, you know the style, like that midnight, like that late 90s, early 2000s style of, like, let's look super, like, rough yeah, and indie. Yeah. 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 It's, it's cool. It's a cool thing. show. Um. He just goes to school. That's that's it. He's a robot in school. <laughs> He's a robot in school. But that's all you need. The first season, they actually just straight up used a text-to-speech converter as his voice actor. Oh, that's hilarious. Did it work? Um, people didn't really relate to it well enough, so in season two, they actually did use a uh, voice actor instead. Um, It's hard to find the text-to-speech versions of episodes because they redubbed. But yeah, the, I, I oh. love that they just... They straight up used a, or like, circa 2001 Mac text-to-speech converter as his voice actor. They went there. They, I mean, it was brilliant. Um, and then the three ones you may have heard of, or that mm. you've probably heard of. Billy and Mandy. Yeah! Wait, what? Wait, what was the time period for this? 2000 to 2002. Yeah, okay. I mean, the... Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy started airing in what? Like 2001. Like 2004. Oh, really? Was that early? Wow. Yep. Okay. The older I get, my time frame of when shows happen just completely changes from reality. I'm going to really mess you up. Uh, starting in 2002 was Codename Kids Next Door. Oh, man. I'm so glad those shows made it. So those good. Those shows are so good. Codename Kids Next Door is weird because it started like kind of just episodic and grew a universe oh really like by the end its universe was actually really complex you had like double agents um yeah it was a really really good show um and the final one that did spin out of cartoon cartoon show was mega's xlr that sounds familiar too but i honestly don't know if i've ever seen it it's it's people piloting robot mechs like Okay, I imagine, see it. Imagine a little bit more redneck symbiotic titan. Oh, wow. And okay. that's about oh. right. It's about okay. right. So, <laughs> the point is, from like 1995 to 2002, that was how Cartoon Network original shows got made. Okay. Like, those, not counting Family Guy, because that didn't air on Cartoon Network, but Powerpuff Girls, Dexter, Johnny Bravo, Cow and Chicken, Courage... Mike, Lou, and Og, Sheep in the Big City, Billy and Mandy, Robot Jones, Kids Next Door, Megas XLR. 
what's missing from that list? I am Weasel, Ed and which Eddie. Ed and Eddie <laughs> is like the one missing from that list. Yeah. But like I am Weasel spun out of Cow and Chicken. Uh Evil Concarne spun out of uh Billy and Mandy. Like a lot of oh, Samurai yeah. Jack, Gendy, Dexters. Right. That I yes, Look a that's little true. later. Um, Dexter. Foster's home, Craig Foster's McCracken, Power Yeah, that that and Foster's home wasn't until like 2004 or that five. That was 2004. Right? But like this, okay. this set up like these. What a cartoon, cartoon, cartoon show. Basically set up kind of the first era of Cartoon Network and the creators right. of the next era. Totally. Oh yes, this is when the trees start. The the family trees of employees on this first show, and they make their own show, and that leads to more shows. Exactly. This is great. Okay. So we're gonna <laughs> leap ahead a little bit. Um, have you ever heard of Cartoon Institute? <laughs> no. It is the, what is that? It is the Cartoon Institute. So you go to school to learn it, how to make cartoons it just was for basically, Cartoon Network? It was basically a marked-off area of Cartoon Network okay. dedicated to creators making their first Cartoon Network pilots. Oh, they still do that, but this was, like, maybe the first... This was about 2010-ish? Okay. Cartoons to two. Actually, a little earlier. Um, would have been like 2008 was when this was like created. Okay. Um, there were supposed to be more made. Only 14 shorts were ever made. Most of them have been uploaded online, but basically, compared to what a cartoon, this kind of flopped as a project. Oh no! Only 14. Think that is. (sighs) I think this happened at a really weird time where, what a cartoon. Yeah, you would watch it on Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. Cartoon Institute people weren't really wanting to tune in. They didn't in. know what it was. Yeah. They, well, I mean, they didn't want to tune in for a random short that they've never heard of before at this point. Because at this mm-hmm. point, when what a cartoon started, it was Bugs Bunny, Bugs Bunny, Bugs Bunny, Flintstones, Flintstones, Flintstones. Ooh, what's this Johnny Bravo happening tonight? Yeah. It was something special. Whereas now, More all Cartoon Network's original or acquired from like other new stuff like it wasn't syndication right. anymore and if it was syndication okay. it was cartoon network syndication mm. and, okay. uh, and youtube wasn't quite what it is now either yeah in t- 2008 definitely it's, it was still like a pretty free range platform i think had they i think had they put them online then it may have worked but yeah. I think they were in a really awkward period where they didn't know what to do with these. And we're going to talk in a little bit about kind of what they do now. But at this point in time, it was just a weird, awkward time period. And yeah, only 14 of the proposed, like, they were going to like 37, only 14 got made. Oh, um, wow. I think 11 of them have been uploaded now by Cartoon Network. Uh, the last three are not officially uploaded. They might be available. They might not. Um, however, three shows did happen because of Cartoon Institute. Okay. Um, one of the shorts that was made was Uncle Grandpa. <laughs> oh, okay. And Uncle Grandpa led the two shows. Do you remember the other one? So I'm guessing, wait, I thought there were three that made it. There are only two? There were two pilots made three shows. I'm guessing Clarence is the other one. The other pilot? Yeah. No. What? But do you know what we, other we bear shows... Bears? You are way too early. You are, I mean, you're way too late. You're way too late. Okay, okay, Uncle Grandpa. What other, do you, know, do you remember what show happened from Uncle Grandpa? 
Because Uncle Grandpa was not picked up from its own pilot at first. Oh, God. I didn't know that at all. I've not had my tabs on Uncle Grandpa. They made an Uncle Grandpa pilot. The okay. villains got their own show, Secret Mountain Fort Awesome. Oh, that show. That one happened, yeah. That surprises me. That, that And then after that got canceled, then they're like, well, uh, maybe we should have actually made what the show was. Yeah. The other pilot you may have heard of was a little something called Regular Show. Wow! 2008! Oh, boy. That feels like ago. was when the project started, so I think Regular Show started in, like, 2010. Oh, that's time... actually true, yeah. <laughs> it's true. So... Pre-adventure time. It, the fact that, I mean, Uncle Grandpa defined Secret Mountain Fort Awesome did not do that well, but the fact that Regular Show came out of it, like... Yeah, that's that's worth it for sure. And the at this time there was basically two juggernauts in 2010. Mm-hmm. It was Adventure Time and Regular Show. Yeah. And we were talking before the episode about where Adventure Time came from. Mhm. Also from a short series from Oyak or from Random Cartoons. Random Cartoons. So what is Not Random? Oh yeah. Cartoons? Random was Fred Seibert <laughs> rebooting Oyak cartoons on Nickelodeon. So this is, wait, okay. since this is the third iteration he's been involved with up to this point in the timeline. Yes. Okay. What a cartoon, ne- then oh yeah, then, and then random. random. Okay. He's been involved, uh, I think there were others that were like online only, but as far as television, that was the order, yes. Okay. He would later do Go cartoons for um, Cartoon Hangover, which is, I think yeah, that's, that's over. Oh, is it over now? It Go was Cartoons, I think, was. Four years ago, but yeah, maybe it is over now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Random Cartoons is where Adventure Time came from. Nick passed on it twice before it went to Cartoon Network. So that is, Wait, it went to them twice? So they're like, oh, wait, we, sh- we maybe we want it. Bring it back. Nick turned Pitches it down two times. Sweater. Oh, it's so funny. Before Cartoon Network is like, you know what? That looks really good. So Yay. the two juggernauts of this era still came out of these these cartoon incubators, these ideas of collecting these shorts, not just randomly pitched pilots, but like these an idea of trying to make the next generation of writers in one area. Mm-hmm. Because you can look at it a little more cynically than we have. We've been like, oh wow, like these made so many great shows, but also it's like Let's gather all the new guys so that all no, the new that, shows are absolutely. ours. Absolutely, and I know Cartoon has some kind of new program, like 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 their next hurrah in terms of like cultivating their young talent to pitch shows and and, and, and yeah, it, yeah, and like it does feel a bit like you know, on the one hand, like great, you know, give them these resources to realize their fullest potential, but also it's like you're already with us. Don't you want to stay and keep your show in our network? I mean, like, you know, it's a smart business move, but it is interesting that, you know, yeah, you can definitely look at it both ways. Because, I mean, think about it. Like, even even stuff like Fish and Chips. We were talking about Butch and Hartman's first short he did over at Cartoon Network. That's technically owned by Cartoon Network. Yeah. Like, that's that's he made it for them. That's theirs. Whereas nowadays, especially, you've got a lot of people just doing indie animated stuff on um, YouTube and Vimeo. We have, um, coming up later this year, of course, is Welcome to the Has-Been Hotel. Yes! And I'm so excited about that. Had this been a different era, that would have started as a short on What a Cartoon. Mm. Like, let's be real. Like, the options for 
pilots airing was, you know, you couldn't just self-publish the way that you can now. And I think the, the idea of, well, we'll give you the tools and we'll publish it too. It's, right. It's almost like what we're, it's like a revert, it's what we're seeing in books now as well with like self-publishing becoming an option and yeah. publishers have to basically give incentives. Totally, because, I mean, I feel like anyone who's creative now who feels the pressure of having their own social media presence, you are, you become your own personal brand very quickly, mm-hmm. and it is up to you and only you to manage that brand to the best of your abilities, and it is, I imagine, very exhausting and time-consuming and never-ending, but it is something you have a lot of control over, and... I mean, if you're able to sustain that with something like Patreon or YouTube, you might not necessarily need a bigger company to give you support, but also have their fingerprints all over your stuff and uh-huh. potentially change it in a way that makes sense for their own network look. So, yeah, it's it's a different world now for sure. And I'm sure it has changed the game in a lot of ways. I mean, and, and I, I genuinely think that what a cartoon especially changed the game, like that notion of yeah. like a series of short pilots because then um in 2012 or 2013 smosh started doing their own animations did they really yeah it was called shut up cartoons smosh is huge now they all uh, they were huge then they were the number one this was before pewdiepie passed them as number one youtuber so when they started their own animation imprint i mean it it's not there was some good stuff there um planets was pretty funny Show about the planets just hanging out. Um, if you ever saw a Weishi High School battle, that was really good. Not for the kiddos, but very, very good. Um, okay. Did you ever see Son of Zorn on Fox? No. What is that? Uh, it's a fam. It's a sitcom about basically He Man settling down with a wife and kids. Oh but, wow! Okay. So the battle hero is animated. Everyone else is live action. Oh, this was the si- imagine that, but like my life is a teenage robot. Oh, like, she's that basically a nice. she's yeah. basically like a magical girl anime protagonist in a normal high school. That sounds and actually great. I would watch really, that. Really funny, not yeah, not not for the youngins, but it's it's a very funny show, and that kind of st- like this kind of weird stuff. I think really started mm-hmm. from what a cartoon helped really start this next era. And so, yeah, I'm I'm glad regular show happened. Uh, fun fact about Cartoon Institute: the name was made by Lauren Faust. Really? The name and logo was uh, done by Lauren Faust. Yeah. That was nice of her. Why did Why did she do it for Cartoon? Um, she I don't. What was she doing in 2008? Because this was pre My Little Pony when she kind of like she she'd already have, done she stuff. She might have been pitching things though. Like I feel like she she was pitching things forever. I yeah I I don't know her history pre-MLP as much as I should. I know that she worked on Foster's Home. Oh, yeah. No, actually, she did. Yeah. Like, she and Craig... Like, I know her and Craig worked together a lot, which is why it made sense for her to have her own show. Was she a co-creator for Foster's? I want to say she was at least co-something. Co-writer, co... She might have co-creation credit. Because I feel like it was probably her... Um, just because, like, I know, like, Rebecca Sugar was always touted as, like, the the first solo female creator, but that implies there was somebody else who was a right. co, and it had to have been Lauren. Yeah, I so I feel like Fo- Foster's must have been that chance 
but I don't know off the top of my head. Oh, she was an animator on Powerpuff and Foster's Home. I don't know if she shares um, co-creation rights with that. Uh, okay, she, she helped develop it with Craig and Mike Moon. Craig technically created it. She also wrote a bunch on it. Uh, okay. Hmm. Well, that uh, still leaves me with questions then. Fun fact. Her, she also produced it. She was. Oh, she, she, yeah, she was a producer. Her yeah. first, um, her first Cartoon Network job was actually, she did the walk cycles for the pilot of Codename Kids Next Door. That is so cool. So, oh man. She, she started off on a good show. So it all kind con- and then she was a storyboard artist, writer, uh, director on Powerpuff Girls. Oh, oh, right. That's when they met. That's true. Yeah. And so it kind of became like a whole fit. Like, and see, that's what we're talking about is like all these creators kind of then commingling, meeting each other, spinning off. Like mm-hmm. we talk about like the animation family tree of today of like yeah. how many shows have spun out of adventure time creator wise. And, and before that, like Flapjack, I feel like was really mm-hmm. the precursor to adventure times family tree, but also like Alex Hirsch and regular show, like all those creators started at flapjack it, it is really cool how that happens right if you have the right environment and a good enough role model helming a show to give you enough trust and creative freedom to just kind of make an episode your own you do feel really confident that you could do it yourself on a larger scale that's really cool and so that kind of leads us right into this new era that we're in now i know that they officially now call them the cartoon network minis Right, yeah. But I remember they put the Steven Universe pilot on their YouTube at one point. Oh, yes, they did. They put it on Facebook first, and then they took it off after a couple months. Mm -hmm. It was in the summer of 2013. Yes. Yeah, yeah, 2013. Because I remember seeing it. I was was working at school over the summer, and I was like, this is amazing. Did you know at the time how much that pilot would change your life? Oh, no way. I mean, I know by that point, I kind of had my eye on Rebecca just because I was like, mm-hmm. oh, whenever she makes involves an episode of Adventure Time, it feels really cool somehow. And when I found out she's making her own show, I was like, oh, whatever it is, it's going to be good. But that pilot was just I mean, at the time, they're just that kind of tone and flavor. And I know like the designs change so much, but just like, I don't know. Seeing the Crystal Gems for the first time was so cool. It just felt very magical and special. And you could feel the the lore just, like, in there that was waiting to be explored already. And it was a freaking pilot. So, yeah. I did not know. But it was a good time watching it. I remember I'd seen the pilot and I started seeing the trailers for the show. And everyone I knew was like, this is going to be stupid. This is going to be stupid. And I'm like, no. Oh, my God, no. I knew that Cartoon Network was just... I knew that the marketing was, because it wasn't being marketed as like this show will no. make you feel so many emotions. It was being oh, marketed. Absolutely not. It was it being was marketed like, as Cookie Cat. I know. And even before that, I remember like that the first promo poster they released before the pilot with the non, you know, canon designs of like Stephen on the couch 
and the crystal gems behind him. I was like, I saw like this pudgy boy in this bag of chips in this couch. And I was like, oh no, this is going to be a show making fun of a a fat kid who is the main protagonist. This is going to be terrible. Like I wanted to trust Rebecca, but I was like, oh no, like why did, why are there chips there? Like, what does this mean? But were they then, chips or were they chaps? They were, they were chaps I, before, before I knew about chaps. Uh, but like once the palette came out, like I was so like I was sold. And even when we got the official designs and everyone freaked out, I was like, no, no, like it's gonna be cool. There are three right. ladies. It's gonna be cool. We need the show right now. And yeah, like that I. I liked it from the moment I saw it, and I did not know that yeah. that would lead to me becoming a podcaster, but it did. Things happen, man. And that, to me, when they started, cause they put that and the Uncle Grandpa, the the newer pilot for Uncle Grandpa, they put that yeah. on YouTube as well. Mm. And that was when I was like, okay, Cartoon Network is letting us in again. Like, they're letting us see what's going on. They're letting us see the future again, which is what, what a cartoon I... was. Yeah. They were letting yeah. us see the pilots. They were letting us see things that may not become full shows, but they were letting the walls down again. They were letting us look in and see what was in production. Had they not been doing that much in the like handful of years leading up to 2013? I mean, think about it. Like like I said, eventually the Cartoon Institute stuff went online, but at first it didn't not air. Like it... Okay. And so after 2002, pretty much... When you saw a show, it was because the show was debuting. It was much less of these. Uh-oh. This could become a show, and it was much more. You will see the show when the show is ready. Right, much more immediate, much more mm-hmm. certain. Okay. And that kind of leads us to this new era of the Cartoon Network minis. And so, uh, for today, I specifically had you rewatch uh, Welcome to My Life mm-hmm. and Infinity Train. Yeah. Let's start with Welcome to My Life. What. What do you think of it? It's, it's it so is, good. It's so good. And I say that, I mean, um, the style kind of reminded me of just, you know, how, how Gumball, Gumball, the show, the Gumball, they, they love using like real pictures and then integrating animated characters within that very like hyper realistic sort of setting. It right. feels similar to that, but I think it, it makes so much sense for this, this short just because the the conversations feel like this like a real person sat down with a real lady and had an interview about their day in high school. It, it I, I definitely love seeing it animated, but it feels so natural. It's like you kind of forget that it's animated, which is crazy because it's about like a kid who's actually a monster. But it feels so natural and relatable that way that I love that the every background is just like a snapshot of an actual house, like an actual street, an actual high school. It's really, it's really special. Right. It's, it's one of those things that's just so, so, it's, I'm surprised that it's not actually really connected to, um, Amazing World of Gumball, believe it or not. Um. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, what was I gonna say? Oh, uh, Elizabeth Ito, or Ito is, the creator of the short. She was a former yeah. writer and supervising director on Adventure Time. Oh, very cool. And so basically, Welcome to My Life had been a pilot she had made on her own back in 2004 as oh, her senior wow. project at Cal Arts. Yeah. And so basically, they had her kind of remake this. 
and it would have been the third or the third show created by a woman for Cartoon Network after Steven Universe and Summer Camp Island. Totally. Um, fun fact about this, um, the bully in that, Ian? Yeah, Ian! Oh, you, it's so easy to hear his voice, it's is, so particular. Yeah, is Ian Jones, Cordy, so, so, so brilliant. So brilliant. Good job, Ian, getting your, getting your voice out there in different projects. And, yeah, and so, currently, it is the second most viewed short that Cartoon Network has put out. <sighs> You know, it honestly doesn't surprise me because there's something so naturally relatable to mm-hmm. it. Like I would I would watch that show and I can imagine like people saying, "Oh, this this show doesn't feel right for cartoon." But I think what they mean by that is cartoon should be for kids ages 6 to 11 and no older. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of teenagers or you know, early post-pubescent children would really like the show. And I think that's, like, that gets into bigger issues with, like, what does Cartoon Network think its identity is? And is that going to evolve over time? I mean, I think the Infinity Train might be a good progression into them letting older audiences exist mm-hmm. under their umbrella. And if that's the case, like, maybe they can pick it up later if Infinity Train is successful enough. I mean, because, yeah, like you're can. saying... People obviously relate to it. They watch the heck out. Yeah, it's like over 3 million views on YouTube at this point, right? Yeah, and it's, it's, like, it's up there. It came out in 2017. It's not that old. What what I loved about it is also it deals with, like... Because, I mean, Monster is... The fact that, like, it's a family of monsters is, like, yeah. very thinly veiled. It's about being the other. It's about totally. whatever racial identity, religious mm-hmm. identity, whatever you want to substitute into there is not saying that those people are monsters, but that monsterness and otherness has been used since like the beginning of film as totally. metaphor. Um I mean look at District Nine from two thousand nine. Like that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. And mm-hmm. like to to see a Cartoon Network short like this dealing with like not just racism but like integration and like yeah. growing up in like Today is a bit more accepting. Not perfect, but it's more than it was when his parents were coming up. And it's, it's a, de- it's a very interesting episode to pick apart. And I love that it still has that DIY, even though it's so pretty, so, so pretty. Pretty much all of the cast is not like professional voice actors. It's No, they're just other Burbank cartoon folks that like probably just were friends with Elizabeth and wanted to be a part of the project. I mean, it's, and she uh, not with it. The main character, I couldn't find a page to follow, but is apparently uh Doug Ido or Ido. So I'm assuming either brother, son, husband, something. Yeah. Like, just family and member. Like her, her mom was probably the real mom that she had. Like, yeah, you look at all those Ido last names, and you're like, oh, man, she used her real family. That's super cool. I mean, the best friend, uh, Lucas, was played by Cole Sanchez, who yeah. has an Emmy um, that he – or an Emmy nomination that he shared with Rebecca Sugar for Simon and Marcy. Yeah. They kind of storyboarded that, like – they met obviously on Adventure Time, where they worked mm-hmm. together. Like, um, and it's just so interesting. Like you said, you just you know, you follow that train. He's currently on Summer Camp Island, uh, supervising producer. Yes, so many Adventure Time people went to Summer Camp after Adventure Time ended, and you can see how it affects the tone of the show in a really good way. 
It's it's lovely though. Do you know what short has been viewed more times than um Welcome to My Life? I'm guessing it's Infinity it's, Train. It's Infinity Train. It's yeah. Infinity I mean this one kinda took the world by storm, and I think I think Infinity Train kinda proved like, oh hey, we can do this again. We can we can do these and there are other shorts that I, I recommend watching. Um obviously Victor and Valentino has also been picked up for show. Totally. Um I'm so surprised Forever 13 has not been picked up for show. Forever 12, I was so Forever mad. Forever 12, that was it. Yeah, Julia Vickerman had a great pilot. It was so good. I was so into it. But, you know, Netflix got in there and snatched it up because they saw a good thing. It's and going they to Netflix? It. Yeah, it's, it's going to air this nice. year on Netflix. Nice. Because that reminded me so much of Chalk Zone, actually. Oh, totally. The style. Like, the, mm-hmm. the face. Yeah, no, I totally feel you. It's going to be such a good show. And these are all on YouTube, guys. Like, go watch these. Yeah, like, watch it's They're like eight minutes long each. They're really good. It's because part of me is like, uh, I don't want to watch something if I know that there's not going to be a full show after. But at the same time, it's like, because stuff like Infinity Train obviously wants to be a full show. Absolutely. Welcome to My Life works great as a standalone. Forever mm-hmm. 12 works as just a random episode. Mm-hmm. Victor and Valentino, uh, not so much. But, <laughs> I mean, it's fine on its own, but you can tell it wants to be a full show, and a more serialized show at that. Same with Infinity Train. Yes. <laughs> yes. I agree. So, let's talk about Infinity Train, because... Let's do it. I mean, this... I think we were all kind of worried when they announced Adventure Time was ending, and mm-hmm. we know Steven's still going, but there was a time where we thought Steven might be ending soon, and people Gumball was ending Steven soon. Was, yeah, people have been worried Steven was going to end since the first season, though. Not Everyone's wrong. been so scared, which is, like, understandably, like, I was there, I remember, I was scared too, but St- Steven's doing great now. It's very, I, very well-received. I lived through the Danny Phantom cancellation, you know, I... Yeah, uh, yeah. I I always fear when a show gets good that it's going to end. But, yeah, I think that when Infinity Train happened, everyone was like, okay, Cartoon Network still got it. Mm. Because I think that's, you know, we talk about these kind of eras. We were talking about that earlier. Yes. Like, the original era of, like, Johnny Bravo, stuff like that. The, you have the mid-2000s era, your Chowder, Flapjack, Foster's Home era. The Adventure Time regular show era. Um with Gumball thrown in there towards the end of it as we shifted into, like, um, Steven Universe, We Bear Bears, Summer Camp Island, and now Crack kind of... Crack of the Creek. Yeah, yeah, Crack of the Creek, OKKO, OK like, the current era. Mm-hmm. And I think stuff like Infinity Train and Victor and Valentino is going to be kind of leading the charge. And both of those are this year, correct? Yes, they are, they are both this year. And, yeah. And, because Infinity Train, to me, I saw that pilot and I was like, whoa... Yeah. Whatever they're, cause there was a time where I kind of personally lost a little faith in Cartoon Network. And that was a time when 80% of any given day was Teen Titans Go. <laughs> so like what, like what, like year, can you put a year on that? 2016? Whoa, really? Beginning okay. of 2017 maybe? Wow. Like, right. I mean, Steven was still going and Steven was good. Yeah. Adventure Time was still going, stuff like that was still going, but, like, you turned on Cartoon Network, and it was probably Teen Titans Go. It was the Spongebob problem. Um, so in terms of, like, what was on TV, you were losing faith. Yeah, yeah the fact that it was, like, 80% of any given, it, it, it felt... Yeah. And I mean, uh-huh. 
I'm one of the people who likes Teen Titans Go more than other people. Like, yeah, no, Teen Titans Go is pretty funny. I've had to watch some... so much of it. It's pretty funny, and they'll teach you things. Their entire episodes about real estate the were like Pyramid old Scheme pioneers. episode is amazing. Yeah, it's really funny. Have and, you seen and the Oregon Trail episode? Yes. No. I yeah. It's called You Have Died of Dysentery. <laughs> It's so funny, and they all want to die because they're so sick of being pioneers except for Robin. It's a it's a genuinely very funny show. But yeah, like, I, I knew that Cartoon Network was making good shows because, like, Steven Universe existed. But it kind of felt like, oh, they don't care anymore. Like, they just want the money. Like, you know, I hit that point of cynicism. I, I feel like you weren't alone there. Like, that's definitely, if you went on Tumblr, Twitter, you definitely got that sense that people, some people were very frustrated with what was being aired more and consistently. Yeah, yeah. And then it was stuff like Forever 12, Welcome to My Life, Infinity Train being uploaded where I was like, okay, yeah. we're going to be okay. Because I was worried that, you know, Regular show, regular show at that point was ending. Adventure yeah. Time had like one season left. Steven was living on a wing and a prayer, um, as it always kind of is. <laughs> um, Gumball had been announced that it was going to be ending pretty soon, and I was like, is it just going to be Teen Titans Go <laughs> all day? Like, is it just going to be Teen Titans Go and then Unikitty? Like, Aww. is that going to be? I mean, I like Unikitty yeah, more. Yeah, Unikitty's but good too. Unikitty's cute, but like, I was worried that it would be, like, two shows all day, and that was all they'd be doing, and they would just rest on that. And then these pilots started coming out, and I'm like, okay, okay, I have faith again. Like, they they made me believe the same way that What a Cartoon started the first wave. You know, we were getting, and we were going to be all right. Yeah, just in terms of, like, fresh, creative, new, interesting content. Exactly. Yeah. And it's it's one thing when they're doing, like... Obviously, even if they never put them online, they would be making these kinds of things. They're always doing pilots. They're always doing new concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it we don't hear about till later. Like there was supposed to be a K and D spinoff, uh, Galactic Kids Next Door. <gasps> oh, that sounds awesome! Did you ever see the Kids Next Door finale? No, I don't know if I did. I was, I was a kiddo. I caught a lot of that show, but I certainly haven't seen every episode. Um, Spoiler for over ten years ago. Um, <laughs> number okay. one ends up recruited into the Galactic Kids Next Door and joins like an inner like space what? Kids Next Door. Like that's the finale. Wow. It's okay. It's got some plot to it. It's really really good. And they were gonna actually make a Galactic Kids Next Door, and it never never happened unfortunately. But no. you know we find out the stuff years and years later. Imagine if we had like seen a pilot. I don't know if a pilot ever got made, but. And that's another thing is lost media. Like, do you know how many lost pilots there are at this point? No, 200, my guess. There's, we don't know. And that's the problem. Like, there's so <laughs> many things that are just missing. And when they, when they take the time and put these shorts out there, it not only lets us see what we could be getting as a full show soon and give feedback as to what we want as a full show. It means that in 20 years time where we're like, Hey, where's the first short that this creator did? Mm-hmm. You know, we're not having to dig through an archive to find it. Yeah. It's... You actually, you brought up a really good point when you said that, like, you know, viewers can give feedback because mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think this is insider information, so I feel comfortable sharing it. But, like, the, a big part of the reason Infinite Train was made mm-hmm. is because of how huge that pilot did online. It did such gangbusters numbers. And,. To be clear, like this wasn't 
kind of all age groups necessarily responding to it tenfold, but especially people maybe like around our age, Justin, or just over like a, a, a like a limited amount, but a very vocal amount of people were so into that pilot. It really did kind of you know give CN an idea of oh well maybe. Maybe there's something here. And if it hadn't done those numbers and people hadn't been talking about so much, I don't think it would have been made. Like, I really don't. So sometimes, yeah, like if you're if you do put things online, people see them. That's a really good indication that something could happen for you. I mean, the Deadpool footage leaking. What what happened? The Deadpool test footage leaked in like 2012. It was probably Ryan Reynolds. Uh. (laughs) <laughs> and when that ha- or 2014, whenever it was, years are weird. Point is, test footage of Ryan Reynolds in a Deadpool suit leaked, and that's what led to the Deadpool movie happening. Really? Was oh, that's great. Everyone seeing this leaked footage and being like, oh, I wish that movie happened, and Fox being like, quick, get Ryan now. Like, <laughs> Yeah! And, it, I mean, yeah. ultimately, it's just a more organic version of what they did with Billy and Mandy and K&D of... We're going to air eight shorts, you call in and vote, and tell us which one you like the most, and we'll make that a show. It's just more organic. Oh my gosh, you're so right. This is the revamped current model of that. Instead of calling in from a a TV thing, you just leave comments on YouTube. It's totally the next-gen version of that. That's such a good point. It is. I think at this point we've really come full circle, like... This idea of let's just make some weird stuff, mm-hmm. put it out to people and see what happens. That's what started Cartoon Network as not just reruns. That's what made exactly. our childhood That's was so that true. thought philosophy. And so many good shows have been made that way. And I think it's really important to, to continue doing. And I think uh, it's been great to see how it's grown and how we've gone from, you know, powerpuff girls era to now where yeah i don't know if infinity train would have been made otherwise if not for just people really wanted to see it and imagine if it only went in front of a couple focus groups and the focus groups didn't like it and that's the thing too like it makes you wonder for all those shows that weren't in these creative incubator projects like how did Flapjack get made. How how did Steven get like? Well, I know how Steven got made, but like, so you have on the one hand these people who are put put into this you know collection of other people who are told to make a thing that they air with the opportunity to get a show, and mm. then you have other people who are you know storyboarders, writers of current shows that are kind of pulled aside and asked, hey, you know, we're looking for more pitches pitch us something and that kind of gets made regardless of viewer input how do they balance those two things do you think it's i think that's one of those things where what because i don't i don't know how many yeah i don't know i don't know how many shows like they they aim to produce a year you know what i mean like i don't Mm -hmm. know what their goal is but i i have a feeling that they do look at both sources and they do kind of balance it of, well, we really like this person's... And I mean, part of it comes down to, you can have as many people pitch as you want. Right. You don't have to pick it up, but you can have as many people pitch as you want. Yeah. And I, I feel like, I mean, I'm I'm that random guy who has no connection, but I assume, you know, they're constantly having pitches happen. Well, I mean, absolutely. It's the same thing with anyone else. Like, yeah. 
so much happens that we as the average consumer do not see. I mean, you see more mm-hmm. than I do, Michelle, but... But even so, yeah. Exactly. Like, and that, and that's the thing. And that's what I love about projects like What a Cartoon and the Cartoon Network Minis is it gives the average consumer a chance to see a little it, bit more. And it gives them a little more control, too, because, right, like we're saying, you you can leave a comment, you can share it. You, if you like it, you can try to get more people exposed who can also comment and share it. And you can start a whole movement around something as niche as Infinity Train and make it – I mean, and again, like – I do feel like cartoons taking a, a leap with infinity just in terms of it's so outside our normal target demographic. And again, like I know, I don't know the entire, how adult swim became its own thing after it first started with cartoon. Yeah. Cause they were right. They're experimenting with age, age difference. And, and then Space eventually Ghost, coast to coast. Yeah, and then eventually, like, it became so big, it kind of became its own thing, and it now it's, like, it's called Adult Swim. Clearly, it's for, like, you know, teens to adults to enjoy, and Cartoon is, again, kind of drifted back into being this very Mm -hmm. kid-centered zone, but now Infinity Train is kind of pushing those parameters a little more. Even stuff like, um, ah, what was it? Regular Show was pushing the... Totally. Yeah. There was a rumor for a while, and obviously, if I'm right on the money and you can't tell me, don't tell me, but (laughs) there was a rumor that there was going to be a new block called Adult Swim Junior. (laughs) Have you ever heard of this? No! Why would they call it Adult Swim Junior? That just makes you think of Nick Junior, which is like preschool. It was a a play on, like, that's what it was a play on, but it was basically aiming... The the notion had a lot of people were speculating. What if this is going to be like a preteen block? Okay. The 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 immediate problem with that is anyone who's a preteen, if they see something called junior, they're going to think, exactly. I'm not a baby, I'm not watching that. Exactly. So that'd be pretty, really bad marketing. Oh, exactly. <laughs> but it's the same idea of what they're doing. Of like, because we all thought that's where Infinity Train would go, and nope. that's where season six of Teen Titans would go if it happens. Oh, huh. Okay. Which, I mean, now let's be real. If it happens, it's going to DC Universe. But, <laughs> but at the time, there wasn't a DC Universe. And yeah. Because there's been things of where they are, they have been pushing the line. And I think Infinity Train. Totally. It's not going to push it the line the same way that Robotomy did. But, I mean, that was from the creator of Super Jail. Like, that was just. Right. That, it's, that it's, was only going to work out so well. It's starting the conversation of can we be targeting different groups of people and still maintain our integrity as the Cartoon Network? What does Cartoon Network basically mean? What is our new brand in 2019? And I think that's a really important conversation we honestly should be having. So, and, and, and again, like things like Over the Garden Wall, they're so they're, good. Pa- they're particular, right? And they don't scream like for kids. They're, they're, Certainly things kids can latch on to, but there's definitely a step for older kids, too, like older teenagers in that show. And I feel like Infinity Train in some way kind of owes it to Over the Garden while being so successful as a miniseries and being so different from our normal lineup to being able to exist. Because, like, things proving to do well help other mm-hmm. things be given a chance, essentially, is exactly. what I think. Exactly. And I think, like I said... I had almost given up on Cartoon Network because I knew if I turned on the channel, I was getting Teen Titans Go. And at the time, I didn't want that. I was, even if they did put these shorts, like, air them at, like, 745 or something like they did with What a Cartoon, 
mm-hmm. I wasn't going to be watching because I wasn't turning on Cartoon Network in the first place. And yeah. I think a lot of their tar- a lot of what they're targeting with stuff like Infinity Train, I'll turn on Cartoon Network to watch Steven. I'll turn on Cartoon Network to watch Adventure Time, um, yeah. Track of the Creek, KO. But it's very specific. Like I'm going to Cartoon Network mm-hmm. now for very specific things. I'm not just watching Cartoon Network. I am on YouTube a lot though. Yeah. And I follow them on YouTube. I'm subscribed. So I see when they post stuff like this and I'll watch that. Like if, and I think that's where our age group is. And even like the preteen teen group, that's where they're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's exactly where they need to be aiming these shorts is on YouTube. Not, I mean, if you want to re-air them on TV, please like do like a, a mini film festival night. Please do that. But. I think that they're great on YouTube because I think that they're going to get the audience they need. Well, that's like, like you're saying, that's where the eyeballs are. And, and people have more consistency, I feel, on YouTube now mm. than they do with a lot of on-air programming. And I will say just it, it's hard to have on-air programming for any major network right now. It's a very tumultuous time. And I know people like have a lot of feelings about Teen Titans Go, but the it they don't put Teen Titans go on the air because they hate all their other shows. It's, it's, <laughs> that's not exactly. why it, it's just because Teen Titans grow has proven to have really good ratings. And like, yes, you know, I can't speak for the network. I, I can only speak for my personal experience. And I think it, there are issues of just, you know, if something has proven to do well, you, you want to, you want to air it more, but then kids expect that show. So of course they're going to tune in for that show if there aren't other shows and it becomes kind of a chicken and egg situation. But I mean, yeah, I do think putting more things on YouTube is a, a very good goal for cartoon. And I remember like very early couple first two seasons of Steven cartoon network didn't really put clips officially on YouTube. It was all just fans putting episodes and clips on mm-hmm. YouTube and it took them till a couple of years ago to really catch on. And now they release a lot more just like two to three minute clips of all kinds of shows. And those clips do really good numbers wise. So I think they are kind of like starting to figure out like, Oh yeah, this is, there's a significant audience on social media. We should be tapping into that more, but they still have to deal with TV stuff. So it's like, it's hard to figure out what to do there too. It's a tumultuous time. It's, it's a weird, it's weird, yeah, because it's, 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 and we're seeing it not just in animation, we're seeing it across the board. Um, Every, yeah, any at, major network. Look at CBS, they're hedging their bets. Yeah, they have new <laughs> yeah. original shows airing, but then they have their streaming service, so like, mm-hmm. they're making their own shows that don't even air on their own channel right now. Exactly. Like, oh, that Twilight Zone reboot's gonna be so good, Michelle. I'm so so excited like with jordan peele at the helm like, it's gonna be so good i cannot wait um and then david fincher has a new animated adult animated anthology coming to netflix march 15th uh, love it? death and robots okay that sounds like a fun time another one of these we're just gonna throw a whole bunch of shorts at the wall and see what happens yeah sometimes that's what you gotta do it's I wanted to focus on Cartoon Network, but I think we've really gotten into, like, we talked about others. I would love to go back and do a, if you liked this pilot, um, we'll do a Nickelodeon one. No, I Yes, would, I want to. <laughs> you'd be surprised. Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon did quite a bit as well. They did the, uh, the Nicktoons Film Festival for a few oh, years. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know what they're doing now, though, is the problem. And this is the thing, right? Like, I always, like, I feel bad. Like, oh, like, I, I watched more Nick than I did Cartoon Network as a child. But, like, I feel like cartoon, the good thing about cartoon is because, unlike Disney or Nick, it doesn't have any live action. I mean, they had a very short-lived live action attempt somewhere Ooh, in the mid-2000s. 2009 Jimmy, to 2011 yeah, called CN Real. The, the dark ages, but the thing is, like, they are pure, cartoons are their bread and butter. They're, they're not super interested in doing live action, and I think that's helped them, you know, they don't really reboot as many shows as Disney and Nick. They kind of, they just, they really? let people create new stuff. They don't you reboot? Not, as much as, not as much, certainly. Teen Titans, Powerpuff, um... That's two shows. Total drama. Rom- okay, that's, that's not them, though. That's, that's Fresh TV. Yeah, we're just airing it. <laughs> not to the same extent. I mean, think about how many original shows yeah. we have versus Nickelodeon. And Nickelodeon, like, I do think, like, it's great that they're bringing all these shows back and giving them new life. But also, I mean, I think there's something, too, you know society is different now. The expectations of animation are different now. The kinds of shows that are shaping our culture are different now. And being able to contribute to that in a new way that isn't necessarily tied to no property, I think is very important. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something cartoon has been very invested in with these shorts programs. And that makes me very excited for their future as one of the top, you know, children's company production the fact TV that things. the fact that today Cartoon Network is not afraid to put out something like Welcome to My Life totally. gives me hope because that's a that it's is weird, but it's great yeah it's it's not something you'd expect from them it's not it's nothing happens like <laughs> yeah on one hand nothing really does happen but like that's the thing is it's not action oriented and a lot of Cartoon Network shows have been action oriented like that's just the nature of the beast um. There are exceptions. Foster's Home being my personal favorite. Um, that's Summer Camp Island, I guess, to some extent. Summer Camp right? Island, definitely. Yeah. Summer Camp Island, Craig of the Creeks. Craig of the Creek, yeah. But nothing. It's just a guy walking around school. Like, that's yeah. it. I love it. But it's so good. And the fact that they're willing to take that risk. Yeah. I want to see what other projects get put in front of them that they're willing to take those risks on. And. Yeah, like I, I have hope looking into twenty nine, the rest of twenty nineteen and beyond into twenty twenty. Yeah, it's gonna be so interesting, Justin. I, I hope so. I'm excited. Yeah. All right, well, guys, you can find all the info on this podcast, including when we talk about these shows as they come out, because you better believe we will be covering Infinity Train and Victor and Absolutely. Valentino probably when that airs. Uh, you can find all the info at overlyanimated.com. Um, if you want to talk more about these shorts and other anything animation really right now you can join us on discord to text chat about animation at overlyanimated.com slash discord support us via patreon at patreon.com slash overly animated thanks to all of our current patrons especially our patron of the podcast damien aka diamond day and thanks as always to our patreon executive produ- producers john ryan steve alex and hugh and thanks for listening guys and we will see you next time bye bye